0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. I hope your week went well and that you put into practice some of those things we talked about last week in terms of really caring for the one who cares about you. And really, that means caring for you. God loves you, your friends and family love you, and they want you to be okay. And so the greatest gift that we could give those that love us is taking care of ourselves. So if you missed that show, make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can listen to it off your computer or you can go to any of the podcast servers and certainly go to iTunes. It's on there. You can find it and that can take you to other podcast servers that maybe you prefer. And we're probably on those as well. So if we're not, make sure you email me, let me know. And I hope that you take advantage of the podcasts and that you're able to listen to them and, and forward them also to your friends and family. And so today, we are going to really focus on one of the major feeling realms that humans or mammals experience, and that is fear. So what I want to start with is having you understand that fear is, if we look at the, the way it's spelled, F-E-A-R, it's a great acronym for... False evidence appearing real. Many times for those of us in the 21st century here in America, most of our fear many times is simply false evidence appearing real. And so do we really need to be afraid? Do we really need to fear? So we're going to really talk about stop playing it so safe. Because we have this tendency to fear things that God wants us to risk on, And then to take risks on things that are maybe truly dangerous, like driving too fast, going home from a bar with someone we just met, using different substances, drugs, alcohol, these types of things, not taking care of ourselves, not going to the doctor when we should or the dentist. So we have a tendency to fear what people think about us, fear how they look at us, fear whether or not we're going to be loved or or treasured or... We're going to perform well on our job or if we're going to be successful, if our kids are going to be okay. Whatever those fears may be that we project out into the future really take up a lot of headspace. And this is what I love this verse. This is out of the Message Bible. And this is Matthew chapter 25, 26 through 30. And this is what it says. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why do you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little bit of interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this play it safe guy who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. I mean, that's pretty harsh. And so this is the master who, this is the the parable of the gifts and the talents. And the master was furious. He said, what? This is a terrible way to live. You're living fearfully. It's criminal to live that cautiously. And if you knew that I wanted the best, why did you do the least? Why are you shirking? Why are you hiding? And so this is where we really want to say, wow, God, God, You really have given us gifts and talents, and you really want us to go for it. We get one life, and that's it, just one. And he wants us to really live it. Now, when we follow this with the last show, which is taking care of you, that means we're doing healthy risks. Because we, like I opened the show with, we have a tendency to risk in ways that are quite dangerous, and then the things that we should risk on, which are ourselves, other humans, trusting God, really going for it, really trying to do the best that we can with what God has given us, and being willing to fail even though we tried. So we have a tendency to shirk at that and take huge risks in things that are actually quite dangerous. So the other issue that we have is truly being hurt by other people. And we talked last week about the difference between harm and hurt and that humans are going to hurt us. There's no way around it. That's just part of interacting with other humans is we're probably going to get our feelings hurt. But I say to clients on a daily basis, I say, remember this verse, Isaiah, chapter fifty-one, twelve. It says, I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? This is what God says. Why do you fear mortal man? What can they do to you? And so I say to clients, why do you fear mortal man? What can they do to you? Hurt your feelings? Now, please hear me when I say, there have been dangerous things that humans have done to many of my clients and myself included. I have experienced some some abuse in my life, but for the most part... I don't need to fear mortal man. And I say to clients frequently, do you go to the grocery store at 10.30 at night, all by yourself? Do you risk getting in your car at night and you don't have enough gas and you just hope you're gonna make it? Do you smoke, do you drink, do you have illicit sex? Okay. Do we do all these dangerous behaviors, don't take care of ourselves physically? And so we, we really wanna think about who am I fearing? Am I fearing the one, God, who can cause me to cease to exist and never even be remembered? Am I fearing God in the respectful way that I should? Or am I giving mortal men that kind of fear? And this is where we want to say, wow, we want to live our lives all out, no holds bar. We want to really go for it. Like it says in in this Matthew, in this Matthew chapter 25, he says, I want you to risk it. I want you to get rid of this play it safe, this not even going out on a limb. This is what he's saying. I want to get rid of that. And he's the one that comforts you. He's the one that takes care of you. So why are you afraid of mere humans? So taking risks with God. See, you only have one life, and I really want you to live it well. Not recklessly, you know, with abandon, but intentionally, with courage and passion. See, God is saying to me, be willing to make mistakes, Cynthia. I can handle it. I have made provision for every mistake you've made and are going to make. I'm the God of all. I have all the resources that you know not of. I can create resources if need be. He says to me, you must take risks. Make mistakes to be human. You must do this to be all that I've created you to be. You must push. You must strain. You must stretch and then rest from your striving. And he goes on to say to me, You have no idea how beautifully and wonderfully I have made you. Please come discover you with me. He's very happy that he created you. He does not regret it. He doesn't. No matter what dilemmas we find ourselves in, no matter what we get tangled up with, no matter how many ways we mess things up, God is not regretted making humans. The only one time he did was when he, you know, flooded the earth and saved, what, seven, nine people or something. That's when he regretted, because the the world was so debaucherous and abusive. People were so abusive to one another that he couldn't take it. But he promised he'd never do it again. So he's in it, 110%. He is full in. He's going for it with us. And he wants us to take on our own life and our relationship with him with the same passion. See, this is the one thing I have learned about myself and that I have learned as I've worked with people throughout the years. Humans need to make mistakes as a way to learn. (laughs) I really wish there was another way to learn. But I either learn by the mistakes of others and or I learn by my own mistakes. And so, unfortunately, mammals have a tendency to learn by mistakes. So you have to be willing to make mistakes in order to get to the place that you want to be. Now, I want to make sure I actually learn from my mistakes so I don't have to repeat them. But this is something we all have to get over. Mistakes, that's not the problem. It's how we handle the mistake. That's the problem. God knows we're going to make mistakes. And he has made provision for every single one of them. He's already gone before us. He's going to be with us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. This is the God that made you. This is the God that loves you. So, trust me, no one likes to shock themselves. I don't like to shock myself when I think, did I really do that? Did it really turn out like that? What was I thinking? See, the things, the memories... That need to be resolved are the ones that have energy. So I've had things in my life that I just cannot put to rest. Things maybe I have said or that I have done or I wish or the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. And those things need to be resolved. So they are simply informative memories, not a memory that has a whole bunch of energy that affects me in today and then affects my future. See, I want the past to simply be information. I don't want my past to be infecting my current time or my future. So if I haven't forgiven myself, if I haven't gotten over myself, I am destined to repeat it. This is why it's so important that you accept the forgiveness of God And that you then forgive the one he forgave. Think of how you would feel if you forgave somebody and they would refuse to forgive themselves. You know what that feels like. You're like, can we just get past it? I'm over it. Yes, you hurt me. I'm over it. And they keep rehashing it. They can't get over themselves. God is saying, get over it. Move on. Learn what you need to learn from it so that you don't do it again. And have wisdom as you go forward. See, fools are destined to repeat their folly, right? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. Stick with me as we go through the rest of this as we are really learning not to live in fear. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. If you're just tuning in, you can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com or many of the podcast servers, certainly iTunes, and you can find the show there. And you are more than welcome as well to send them to your friends, and certainly you can use them as a small um, group Bible study. And if you want to do that, just contact me and we can get you a script and we can get you some, like, just discussion questions that might help to make that time really productive. So we are talking about not playing it safe. We are talking about fear. Do not fear. And that there's that great acronym for fear. It's false evidence appearing real. It's like being afraid of your own shadow, right? It's having a habit of always assuming the worst, of beating yourself up for past mistakes. That way of living and thinking keeps you making more mistakes. It produces more mistakes. And so God's wanting us to go for it. He's saying you get one life. I gave you one life. Take advantage of it. Make all the mistakes you need to make down here. Just get them out of the way. Go for it and live fully and completely. And don't fear mortal men. What can they really do to you? What can mortal men really do to you? Steal from you? Yes, certainly kill you and then you'll be in heaven, I guess. Hurt your feelings? Mess with your reputation? And this is where it's a trust issue with God because one of the things that always combats fear is trust. So who do you trust? Are you willing to trust the one who died for you? This is imperative if you are going to get a handle on fear. Who do you trust? Little children need to trust their parents. They get all their cues from their mom and dad. If their mom and dad are okay, they're okay. If their mom and dad aren't afraid, they're not afraid. Just as all your pets get their cues from you. So we need to get our cues from God the God of the universe, that if he's not afraid, we need to not be afraid. He wants us to be wise and to care well for ourselves, like we talked about last week. But he's saying, please don't live in fear. I died for you to be free from fear. So no one likes to shock themselves, right? We talked about this at the very end of the last segment, and that we need to get over our mistakes, Because if we don't, we take that fear with us into the present that leads us into the future and causes us to be more mistake-making. And so this is really, really important. It's kind of like if you've ever driven behind someone that's right then learning how to drive a car. You kind of want to get away from them because they're kind of dangerous because they're overcautious and they're afraid. And so they are more apt to get in an accident Then you or I, who have been driving around all over the place for years, and we kind of know what we're doing, and we're confident drivers. So God's wanting you to have confidence in who he made you to be, not arrogant in thinking that you can do anything. We want to have a, a good measure of understanding of our own capacity. And that's the positive and the negative. I know there are some things I'm very, very good at, There are some things I am not good at. And those things, I'm not ashamed of that. I just know that I'm not. It's not, I can work really hard at it and do the best that I can. But there are just some things I'm not that good at. And this is where it's really important for us to have objectivity about ourselves. So that we don't get that sinking feeling, that rush of adrenaline We close our eyes and we sigh and we go, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm such a loser. I hope nobody finds that out. I'm so stupid. And see, this is how we have to understand that God knows we're going to do these stupid things. And what is the one thing that is unforgivable? That's rejecting Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Everything else God can work with. Every other mistake that we could possibly make to mess up our lives, God has already made provision for it. He's already been in the mistake, and then he's going to walk with us through the mistake. And he is there to help us put it back together. So this is really, really important when we look at this, that we are realizing that our behaviors do not always indicate who we are. I'm sure you've had that feeling where you've done something and you you say to yourself, that is not me. I cannot believe I did that. That is not me. So this is imperative that you recognize that behaviors many times can define us and we can have behaviors that really are true to us. But we can also do and say and think things that we know that's not really me and I need to get a handle on that. The more you shame yourself for it, The more you think, well, maybe that really is me, the more you're out to do it. And so this is where you open up your mind, your heart to hear the enemy condemn you. But the enemy will say, well, that's what you always do. Well, you're so stupid. You know you can't pull that off. You know you're selfish. You know you, you don't deserve forgiveness. You better hope nobody finds that out. He says these things to us, whispers in our ear, sometimes shouts at us. And we have to say to ourselves, who is God? And Jesus, who was Jesus? He was God in human form. So every behavior, every word, every gesture, every decision was an exact expression of who he authentically was and is. So this is the goal that God has for us. Now, none of us have attained it. But this is why Philippians one six is so important. It means that we must resolve. We let it die. We don't let there be these live memories in our past. He says the old things have, have passed. The new things have come. Now, this also applies to our successes. Just as I cannot continue to live in the shame and embarrassment of my past behaviors, I must not live in my past successes. This means... What am I taking with me into the new year, into my future? My lessons. I'm taking the lessons of 2019 into 2020. See, we want to be wise people that learn, not fools that continue to repeat and become ensnared repeatedly. See, shame will cause me to continue to repeat past sins and mistakes or perform new ones, right? So this is why God wants none of us to be a part of toxic shame because it keeps people in bondage. It keeps us isolated. We don't want anyone to know us because we're afraid of what they'll think. And the only way to heal from shame, the shame of the past, is through exposure. This is what I do every day in my office. It says, confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. So I confess my sin to another and I'm loved and prayed for and healed. So don't ever be afraid to reveal who you are, but be wise with who you reveal it to. Because I want to make sure that you're valued, that you're loved, that you're wanted, and that you're not condemned, and that you certainly are held accountable, and certainly held responsible. And then someone's there to walk you through a plan of how to walk out of whatever snare you were ensnared in. That's what friends do. That's what family should do. That's what God does for you and I. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and all the social media that we have out there for you. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. We are talking more about the best year ever, and today we're talking about fear. And I love the acronym False Evidence Appearing Real. And that we want to make sure that we are not living in fear. Now, I do want to give you a quick physiological um, lesson here. Anyone that does not have fear is in grave danger because fear is one of the greatest gifts God has given us. Fear tells us to not do stupid things. Fear stops us from harming ourselves. If we don't have an appropriate amount of fear, we're not going to make good decisions. So we want to make sure that fear is certainly our friend. We don't want it to rule us. We don't want it to define us. And so fear is like the indicator light on the dashboard of your car. Fear is one of those things when you're on your computer, it says, ah, this isn't, doesn't look like a good site. I wouldn't open it if I were you. That's what fear does for us. It says, I think you better stop. I think you better rethink that. Fear gives you those, oh, my gosh, I don't know if this is a good idea, or, uh-oh, I don't know what I just did. That, that kind of thing is part of being human. And this is why Jesus, when he was getting ready to be crucified cried and sweat tears of blood. He was so afraid of what God was asking him to do. So fear is a natural part of the human condition. So this is where we want to make sure that fear helps us learn. And we want to remember what we've done in the past, not relive it, not have it be quote unquote alive, but we want to remember it so that we can learn from it. We never use hindsight for self-abuse. That is not why God has given us hindsight. It is only intended to see where we were as it is related to where we are going. That's really important for you to understand what hindsight and history is for, simply to learn. So we need our memories to remind us of either who we are or who we are not, or who we want to be or who we don't want to be. People that have amnesia, dementia, Alzheimer's, many times relationships with them is, is not even possible because they don't know who they are and they don't know what time they're in. And so we know that God says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, he paid the price for our ability to learn and grow without being in debt. That's a great gift God gave us. He died on the cross for us. He made provision for us to make all kinds of mistakes and to be able to learn and not cause all those mistakes to cause us to be in hell and to not be with God any longer. He said, listen, I took care of it. Just learn. Learn from your mistakes. He said, I paid a really high price so that you can learn from your mistakes. So it's similar to your parents paying for your car insurance while you're learning to drive, right? Right. You're allowed to make mistakes. There's no other way to learn. So God is aware of this and has made provision for it. So I'm always comforted by the fact that God has already provided for all of my mistakes, all the mistakes I'm going to make. He's already gone before me. He says he will be with me and he will not let me fall. So this is very important when you think about how I must evaluate based on facts. So I said, so I say to myself, what is that? What is it that I'm doing? Is that truly me? Is that something I'll be proud of? Do I want to repeat it? Do I want to integrate that behavior into my being? Do I want to be known for that? So if not, I use it as a reference point to tell me not to do it. I know it doesn't work. I can check it off the list. I can have wisdom Now, if I continue to repeat it, then I say to myself, wow, this is a learning process. I have to find what causes the repetition or the bondage to that particular behavior or cycle. Satan wants me to get so caught up in how egregious the behavior is that I condemn myself and shame myself so poorly and so badly that I continue to swim in it, and I can't get out of it, and I can't be free. See, God knows that sin is not logical. It never is. It's embarrassing. So this is why we want to get a handle on fear. We want to fear the appropriate things. We don't want to fear mortal man. We want to fear maybe our own tendencies so that we're wise with what we know our proclivities might be. Like, you know, I have a tendency toward that. I better be careful. So someone might be able to watch that movie, listen to that music, eat that type of food, drink that type of alcohol, whatever it may be. Maybe I can't. But wisdom is me saying, "Mm, that's not good for me. I know me well enough to know that's not a risk I'm going to take. That's not healthy for me. I don't want the mistakes that come with that behavior. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment to go. Make sure you stay tuned in. Send the links to your friends. And I look forward to talking to you in the next segment. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining in and for all of your feedback. I so appreciate it. And I love it when you email me or you anything on social media, let me know the things that you do want me to expound on more, or different topics that you may want me to talk about. So today we are talking about fear. And what does God have to say about fear? What is fear really for? And fear is really a best friend of ours. It really helps us survive. If you don't have fear, you'd be dead. Fear tells us to stop. Now when we have an inordinate amount of fear... When we have unrealistic fear, when we have fear that is a little bit maybe more paranoid or fear because we're so unsure of who we are or we don't trust. That type of fear we don't want to have. That's, that's negative fear. That's fear that's not helping us. That's fear that causes us to be less than who God asked us to be and wants us to be and knows what we can be. So fear is one of those things that you say, you know, is this fear that is telling me that's not good for you or you know you I wouldn't I wouldn't go there or is it that acronym that we talked about false evidence appearing real that maybe the the person at work looked at me kind of odd or is ignoring me today so my fear is that wow did i offend them did they hear something about me did i mess something up did i forget something and so that's a great example of false evidence appearing real. So the healthiest thing to do is to say, you know, unless they tell me something, I'm just going to assume they're having a bad day because I probably would know if I messed up. It's not rocket science, right? Or if I can't let that go, I might just address it. I might say to them, hey, I just want to know how your day's going. Seem seemed like you're a little stressed today. How's it going? Instead of really going to the extreme And either getting angry or having my whole day consumed with it, making mistakes because of it, or messing up a relationship as a result of it. So this is where we want to understand that fear really emanates from us more than anything. Now, we can have other people, their behavior scare us. We know the enemy loves to come and scare us. But what I want you to think about is those things that are outside of you, that you know you have absolutely no control over. That's the issue of trust. God says, you know, you either trust me or you don't. Do you trust me? Now, if you're a parent, if you are a pet owner, if you have employees, you know one of the greatest gifts that people can give you is trusting you. How would you feel if if your lover, your wife, your spouse, your husband, your children, your best friends they didn't trust you. And you felt like every day you were having to prove to them that you were trustworthy. Now, that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But there are many people in my life that I absolutely trust with my life, even though they screw up. I know who they are, and I trust them, and they trust me. So this is imperative when you're thinking about the diseases that we, that we know come in waves on the planet. We have the big one that's happening in China right now. And people are very afraid. And so I'm not saying that we that we be, you know, ridiculous or, or brazen or um, to the point that we're not even taking, you know, the necessary precautions that we should be taking. What I'm saying is I know God is bigger than that. And I know that God knew this was coming. God has seen diseases come upon the earth since the beginning of time. He has made a way and provision. And that doesn't mean we be careless. But instead of worrying about that and stressing and being afraid and letting it steal from the enjoyment of your day, I would rather you put that effort into saying, I should probably pray for those people. I should be asking God to intervene, to give wisdom to world leaders as they are figuring out what to do with this epidemic and praying for the people in China that maybe don't have any recourse, that don't have the medical help that they need or the people that have come to America that are quarantined. Let's put our time and effort when we're afraid of something we have absolutely no control over. Let's put our effort, our energy into something that's going to be uplifting to us to others and is absolutely we know that prayer avails much and god asks us to pray so this is why we want to make sure that are we fearing something outside of ourselves are we fearing mortal man well god says don't fear mortal man what can they do to you right are we fearing ourselves do i scare myself because i'm out of control am i a safe person to be with Do I help calm my fears, alleviate my fears? This is what I want you to ask yourself, because there are things outside and there are things inside that either create more fear, exacerbate fear, or give us unhealthy fear. And this is where we want to say, is this fear helping me, or is this fear haunting me, hurting me, hijacking me? stealing from me so that I'm making my world smaller and smaller and smaller, hoping to not be afraid. And this is where you want to say to yourself again, you have one life, one, the best way to honor your creator is to live it. Same thing we feel with our kids. We want them to live their life and we want them to do the best they can. And we know they're going to make mistakes. But it would be heartbreaking if they made their world smaller and smaller and smaller just to try to be safe, instead of recognizing how to be safe within the world that God has placed me. So let's think about this. When God says he paid the price for our ability to learn and to grow without being in debt, this is where we want to make sure Am I truly learning? Am I learning from my mistakes, or am I simply condemning myself? So God is totally, completely aware of the fact that we're going to make mistakes. And so I'm always comforted by the fact that God has provided for my mistakes, just as he's provided for my successes. So I evaluate my mistakes factually. I said, hey, did that work for me? Do I want to repeat it? Do I want to integrate that behavior into my being? And if not then I say, I'm going to use that as a reference point to tell me not to do it again. I don't have to test it. I already figured out it doesn't work. And that's the learning process that removes shame. It's simply saying the best way I can honor God, honor my friends and my family, is to learn from my mistakes. Because the more I learn, I'm also then taking care of me because I'm less likely to repeat them. See, Satan wants me to get so caught up in how egregious the behavior is that I'm so condemned and so ashamed, I can't do any healthy problem solving. But God knows, and we must know, sin is not logical. It never is. That's why it's so embarrassing. So I want you to think about where does that lead us? If I get over this fear issue and I learn how to use fear appropriately, then what does it do? It helps, then, to let me actually take on the life God has called me to do, the life God has created me to do. So let's look at this verse in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. This is out of the Expanded Bible. And it says, pray to me, call to me, I will answer you. I will tell you important secrets, great and hidden things you've never heard or known before. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, No eye has ever seen this. No ear has ever heard of it. No one human heart has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, this is why God wants us to live without fear. He has. Oh my gosh, it's like for God Christmas every day. He has so many things he wants us to experience and to have. He has so many things he created to give to us. And we get in the way of that through fear and through sin. So Ephesians 3.20, this is the Message Bible. And it says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And he does not do it by pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently within us. I love how that starts. It says, God can do anything more than you could ever imagine or guess in your wildest dreams. And he's not going to do it by pushing us around. He's working within us deeply and gently. And so we go on and we have Jeremiah 29, and this is 11 through 14, out of the Message Bible. And I love this passage. It says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. Isn't that amazing? He says, when you come looking for me, you're going to find me. And when you get serious about finding me, and you want it more than anything else, I'm going to make sure you're not disappointed. So we start with this. No fear. No fear. Let your fear turn into excitement. It's kind of like if you get on a roller coaster, right? It's scary. But it's a good fear. It's a scary good fear. So we're talking about healthy fear. And we don't want to be fear-based. So we want to be free of fear until we need it. And we want to recognize that fear is our friend as long as we understand what it's telling us and that we're not buying into that false evidence. So this is what we do. We first start with no fear. We say, you know, I am not going to fear a mortal man. What can they do to me? Hurt my feelings? What? Right? Kill me? Then I guess I'll be in heaven. And I'm not trying to be glib about it. I'm saying that cognitively we have to get a handle on this. The enemy loves us to live in really irrational fear. So we have no fear. We turn the fear into excitement. Then we engage in discovery. See, explorers would not have made the discoveries they made if they had let their fear get in the way. I heard this story about Christopher Columbus. He was a dreamer, visionary, and... Who could see past what was into what was more? He could see past what was and into more. And so when popular opinion, staunch belief, taught that the earth was flat, Christopher Columbus, the explorer of unknown territory, refused to believe that fearful notion. And he knew there was more to be discovered than what he had seen with the human eye. And so he was driven by faith and determination and Columbus approached the kingdom authorities in hopes of securing their permission to set sails for all these unknown places and discover more. So, you, uh, you know, we can't be Christopher Columbus. Maybe your dream's not that big, but your potential is. Why did God create you? What are you here for? See, I see huge accomplishments and dreams reawakened every day in my life. I want you to go for it. I want you to really take hold of your life and don't let fear rule you. Let it be the helper it's supposed to be. That's the warning light, like the dashboard is on the dashboard of your car. Let your fear be a warning. Don't always believe it. Don't always buy into it and overcome it when you need to. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm really glad that you joined me today. And I want you to live with appropriate fear, not fear that steals from you. I want you to stop playing it safe. I want you to take on your life. I want you to live it. And I want you to enjoy it. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for all your support and all your participation. God bless you in your week.